Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. It's very, very easy for us to fall into the success syndrome of American culture. Few people actually get there, and that leads many people to feel like failures. But Jesus isn't like that. For Jesus, success is not found in achievement that is noticed by people, but rather in humbly serving others in His name. From praying for people to serving in various ways that are rarely seen by others, you will absolutely be a success in the kingdom of heaven. Such success will be rewarded in heaven and help you feel fulfilled on earth. Pastor Jim will explain more in part three of his message, Living a Fruitful Life. So what is the Apostle Paul saying? He's saying, listen, my focus is not on my abilities. My focus is on God's power. And what did that do? When, you're, when your focus is on God's power, it's not on what? It's not on your weaknesses. It's not on your fear. And that helped him. That will help all of us to move forward in what I would call humble boldness. Now, you say, humble boldness? Those are, those are two words that people don't normally put together. Yes. But why is it humble? Because it's Jesus' power, not mine. Why does it make me bold? Because it's the call of Christ to go forth in his power, not mine. Verse 6. Verse 6 is a very, very difficult verse. Very, very difficult. If anyone does not abide in me, and (laughs) it's caused so many different arguments among Bible geeks, so we'll see what we can do with it. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out. Some versions say thrown away as a branch and is withered. And they, who are they? Probably we learned in Matthew's gospel, it's the angels, but it's okay. They gather them and throw them into the fire, symbol of judgment, and they are burned. There is tons of debate over what Jesus is saying here. Is he talking about followers of Jesus? Is he talking about fake Christians? Is he talking about unbelieving people? Is he talking about good works without abiding? Now, the apostles, it's always good to put yourself in the place of the original hearers. The original hearers probably understood this imagery to be from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 15, when the, when the nation was exiled into Babylon. Because, and the Babylonians came and they destroyed the temple and they exported them or exiled them. Now, in Babylon, they were no longer attached to the land. A big part of being a Jew was your attachment to the land. They were, they were no longer attached to the temple. The temple was destroyed. They were in another place. So in that moment, being in a foreign land, being captive, if you will, they had to, like we have to now, ultimately be dependent and attached to God. Nothing else. Maybe I'm stretching it a little too far, but it reminds me of lockdowns. 
when lockdowns, we can't necessarily live our lives the same way. And is it possible that God is putting us in a position where we need to be more attached to him? So this is a tough verse. Remember, when we come to tough verses, rather than try and get all heady about the stuff, let's focus on what is clear and obvious, and then maybe the other stuff becomes obvious, or maybe it doesn't. Let's start with what he says here. He says that this, this branch, okay, if you don't abide, you will be cast out, withered, and thrown into the fire. Again, remember, fire, symbolic of judgment. All right, so let's just stop right here. No matter what this verse means, let me, let me ask you this question. <laughs> no matter what it means, this is the outcome. <laughs> is this what you want? <laughs> so when I read the outcome of not abiding, regardless of who he's talking about, it just makes me want to abide. I mean, look at the words. Cast out, withered, thrown into the fire. It certainly makes me want to be aware of times in my life when I'm living distant from God. I don't want to be distant from God because I don't want to be those things. Also makes me aware of times when I am disobedient to God. I don't want to be disobedient to God because I don't want to be those things. So what, what's the debate? Some say this verse is about people who lose their salvation. Others say it's about those who never had it, that, the, that it's about people who never had it. A, a third view says that it's really about some of the works that Christians do that are not that come not out of that don't come out of abiding. Now, I'm going to be totally contrarian here and say this. I think that perhaps it's possible that this verse is not trying to answer that question. <laughs> I think that Jesus is just trying to spur us on to the two words that keep popping up all through chapter 15 abiding and fruitful. Let me give you an example. Many of you are in management on your jobs. And you know that you may have people on your team or people that are working for you or under you, and you know, or even over you, could be your boss, that, that some employees are not bearing the fruit that the company wants. And you've tried and you've tried, and you've tried, and the company makes the decision that you need to move on without them. Why? Well, there's many reasons for it. A lot of people are not about what they can do for the company. They're about what's the company doing for me. You, whenever you're doing a job interview, and the first sentence uh, out of somebody's job is, uh, somebody's mouth is, what's the salary and the benefits? <laughs> it's like, that's probably, you're probably not going to get the job. So if that's your first question, if, the boss, if you're on interview and they say, do you have any questions for me? Don't, make, don't let that be your first question. Because a lot of people, when it comes to their vocation, their job, it's about themselves. 
Another problem that happens with people is a lot of times people uh, wither away, if you will, the fire of excitement that they began with dies out. For years, one of our large clients at, our, at my company was uh, people would come in and they would come in on fire. And the morale there was not very good. And we would say, how long till they lose the fire? And usually it would take anywhere from three to six months. And they become, they join the, the ranks of the complainers. Anybody can complain. Complainers are a dime a dozen. And then the same people are like, I don't know why I didn't get promoted. I don't know why the boss doesn't have a lot of time for me. I don't know why I don't get to go to that training thing. Because you're a complainer. And you're not in sync with the rest of the company. But, but mostly, I think you could say there's a variety of reasons why a boss or you, your boss may feel this way. But it really comes down to this. Somehow, that person did not remain in vital contact with the mission. And I think that's part of what Jesus is talking about here. The same is true for the kingdom of God. Now, if you were to attach a Bible character to this, you might say Peter. Sometimes Peter had identity amnesia. Sometimes Peter forgot who he was and he forgot the mission, and so his work or what he was doing was not about the king's mission. And so those types of works would be thrown into the fire. Why would they be thrown into the fire? Because they can't be used. They're, they're, of no good, they're not good. Others would say it, it's talking about Judas, reminding us that People who refuse Jesus as the source of eternal life, they don't get it. They don't get eternal life. And this is actually the most popular view. Again, I'm not so sure that, that that's really the case that Jesus is making here. Now, is it possible to be saved and fruitless? Maybe, but I don't think so. And, and I think the deeper question for us to ask is this. Why would you want to be fruitless? After what Jesus has done for you and the love that you've experienced from him. We have an expression when, when God you know, is not using somebody in the ministry anymore, or serving people anymore, that, he, that God takes them and puts them on the shelf. Why in the world would you want to be put on the shelf, not used of God, simply because you wouldn't abide, or you wouldn't obey Christ. Now, I believe with all of my heart that most of you want to be fruitful. But I also believe, and I'm not saying this is your fault, but I'm saying that you need to be aware of it, that the American church and many American pastors have given you the wrong idea about what it means to be fruitful. You see, many pastors suffer from what we would call success syndrome. And they view everything in terms of, you know, how many people come or 
how many views they got or something like that. Also, a lot of pastors like to be treated like celebrities. And so they give you the impression that, that success and celebrity is, is the goal. I don't think that idea could be further from the point that Jesus is making here. Think about it for a second. Have you ever seen a branch with an absolute ton of fruit on it? It's got a lot of fruit on it. Picture it on a tree right now. Does that branch stand high and mighty and proud? Or is that branch bent over from the weight of the fruit? Is it bent down low? I contend to you that is the life of Jesus Christ. That the vine himself came down the stairway of heaven, came to this world, stooped down to us. Why? So people could grab the fruit of salvation. So people could grab a hold of him. So they could touch him. So they could know him. So they could abide in him. You see, abiding, being able to have, being, being lowly and being humble and wanting to serve others and, and being attached to Jesus, that's what changes a follower of Jesus. Seeing how Jesus stooped down low to us will help you stoop down low to others. And until you see that, that will be very, very hard for you. And when, when you do begin that life, people will see a branch and they will hear a branch that is starting to look and sound like the vine. They'll also see a branch that is starting to work like Christ. And that's in your workplace. John 17, 4, Jesus praying the night before the crucifixion says to his father, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Jesus is not teaching about an easy Christian life. He's not teaching about, we'll talk about this next week, that God's gonna give you everything you want. Jesus is teaching us about an abiding, fruitful life. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 38 says this, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues. If you come to this church, let me tell you something, or you have been watching online, you know a lot more than a lot of people. You could walk into work tomorrow, and on break time or lunchtime, you could tell the people, you know what we learned in our church yesterday? Just by taking some notes and you'd be amazed how many people will be listening to, willing to listen to you. Not everybody, but some will. And then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So it's the preaching and healing ministry of Jesus. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Let me ask you a question. When you see on television or on the internet all the stuff that's going on in our country, 
do you look with disdain upon the people or do you see a group of people, a nation that is weary and scattered as a sheep having no shepherd? Verse 37, then he said to his disciples, remember we're all disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So it's not not that the people don't want to believe, it's that there's nobody telling them. Therefore, pray, what should we pray for? That the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. You, you could say that, the, pray that the Lord send out abiders. Now, here's the danger in that prayer. I, I'm going to tell you on the front end before you go pray that prayer tonight, and I hope you do, that the Lord would send out laborers because a lot of times that one's going to come back to you. What about you? What about you? Now, if you are laboring in the field, God's field, then yes, pray for more, but understand that He's going to ask all of us to take the next step. Your, my abiding service to Jesus and with Jesus will deepen our Christian life as we sense the Lord Jesus working through us for the glory of God. A couple basic questions. Will you fail? Yes. Is it the end of the world? No. You see, God knew you would fail. God knew I would fail. God knew the apostles would fail. Yet, the kingdom of God continues to move forward. There's no mistake that you're going to make that's going to stop the kingdom of God. In fact, when it comes to failure, I would say this to you. Don't waste your failure. Let it drive you to prayer Let it drive you to abiding in Christ. Let it drive you to abiding and depending upon Jesus' power and not your own. That last point is huge. Don't confuse serving in your own power with abiding service in the power of God. Such service provides power, and a desire for living a fruitful life. And Jesus tells us such a life will bear much fruit. So my friends, let us all come to the fruit tree of salvation today. Let us all come to the tree, the cross of Christ, bringing nothing but a willing heart to King Jesus. A willing heart is a heart that wants to take the next step. Perhaps that heart is to start serving in the kingdom of God and for the kingdom of God. Perhaps that next step is to lay aside your rights and your ego, trading it in for abiding and obeying and serving. For others, it may involve getting rid of what is hindering you, perhaps a a certain sin or a a certain attitude. For others, if you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ, you've never turned to God and said, God, I've lived with my back to you. I've lived not really paying attention to you. Maybe you need to do that today to turn to God and look up and see Jesus on the cross dying for you and put your trust in him. 
Because here's the truth of the matter, friend. You cannot, cannot abide in Christ until you are in Christ. And you come into Christ, you come into the kingdom of God by putting your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the reality of what the Scripture teaches. You are either in Christ or you're out of Christ. You're either in the kingdom of God or you're out of the kingdom of God. Some of you say, I don't know if I can do that. I, man, there's a lot of bad stuff that I've done. John six thirty seven, Jesus said this, All that the Father gives me will come to me. And notice this, And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Jesus says, if you come to me, you can stay with me. You can abide with me. You can know me. Now you say, well, okay, he says, all that the Father gives me will come to me. How do I know if the Father gave me to Jesus? This is how you know you'll come to Jesus. That's how you will know. You will come to the cross. When you come to the cross and you look up, and no matter what verse Six, the particulars mean you will see something amazing. There is the perfect Son of God who came from heaven. God became a man. He was perfect. And humanity nailed him to a cross because he loved people enough to tell them the truth. Because the, the people in power, the swamp of, of the Roman Empire, if you will, the swamp of Jerusalem, they were envious of him. Even, even the sinful governor, Pontius Pilate, saw that. But on the cross, we'll see. You listen to him. And Jesus was separated from God. Right now, friend, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you are separated from God. But Jesus was separated from God so you would never have to be. In that moment, the one who always abiding, abided in his Father, abiding seemed absolutely impossible to Jesus. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus was unable to abide so you and I could abide. It said that Jesus was cast out. We know that he was, he was cast out by humanity. He, he, was, he was cast outside of the city. And in that moment, he would say, it seemed like I was, I was cast out of my eternal home in heaven. He was cast out. So those who put their trust in him would never be cast out. And on the cross, Jesus' life began to wither away. Why? So your life could be fruitful. So your life would never wither away. He did all of this in your place for you. And then Jesus was thrown into the fire of death. 
under the judgment of God for your sins. So you would never be thrown into the fire of death. So you could, as the scriptures say, absent from the body, present with the Lord. As one of the thieves on the cross, was, two of them were yelling at Jesus. And finally, one of them came to faith in Jesus and said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He said, hey, today you will be with me in paradise. Today, Jesus invites you to a new, abiding, and fruitful life. And that begins with coming to the cross for the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And that eternal life begins for you today. And that eternal life begins for all of us who have not abided like we wished we had. That begins today. We can't change yesterday, but we can change today and we can change tomorrow. Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love brings you the great hope of the gospel to equip you to reach others with this transforming message. In a world filled with fear and mistrust, Pastor Jim provides the path to freedom in a clear and transparent style. Changed by Love needs your help to reach thousands, including your friends and neighbors. Find out the ways you can team financially with Changed by Love by visiting our website at changedbyloveradio.org or call 862-217-9686. Pastor Jim would love to hear your story and how Changed by Love has impacted your life or someone you know. Your encouragement goes a long way. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.